my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta? Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you the final episode in the Jesse and Becky, the next chapter, New Parent series. Today I'm going to be discussing the episode, Season 7, Episode 12, entitled Support Your Local Parents. This episode aired on November 30th, 1993. And we know that Blake and Dylan Tomoy Wilhout celebrate their birthday on the 29th. So this would have been a day after, well, this aired a day after they turned three. In this episode, Jesse and Becky are concerned that Nikki and Alex won't socialize with other kids and attend a parent support group. In the meantime, Stephanie and Michelle learn... I'm sorry, I'm laughing. (laughs) I'm just thinking about this particular side plot here. Or they learn DJ has received a traffic ticket, and request full access to her wardrobe, or they'll tell Danny. Yes, Stephanie and Michelle, blackmail DJ. Now, I get it, like, Stephanie's a, a younger sister. I mean, Michelle is too, but Stephanie's n- not much, too much younger than DJ. And they had to, like, oh, my big sister's cool. I mean, we ha- we had that in the Hole in the Wall gang episode, remember? She wanted to dress like her big sister. Michelle, on the other hand, sweetie, those clothes are not going to fit you. They're going to, we see her later in the episode wearing DJ's sweater and it's literally hanging off her. Like, the sleeves are literally hanging a foot below her hands. That's how long they are. Whew. <laughs> but no, I was laughing. <laughs> I love the scene where DJ and Steve and Kimmy come in and Kimmy's saying how she's going to be a pedestrian because she got a ticket and her dad's going to, you know, take, you know, she won't have driving privileges. But <laughs> Kimmy's response is, Deej, this isn't about religion. You're going to be walking. <laughs> Oh, Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy. Don't don't ever change, sweetheart. Don't ever change. Okay, and always I like to read the DVD case synopsis. Kind of, okay, here we go. Two is the loneliest number. Jesse and Becky are concerned when the twins ignore other kids in their playgroup. Oh, I... This one could have been... A bit more creative. Just a bit. Some of these are really, really awesome. That whoever put these together. Some can be good. Some can, like this one is kind of a dud. So I'm going to like, meh, no. So this episode's got a 6.6 out of 10 out of ten rating on IMDb. Out of 158 ratings. We have some guest stars here. We have 
Justin Cooper. Now, if you're familiar with the late 90s movie, I think it came out in 97, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, where he plays a lawyer and his son, he misses his son's birthday and his son makes a wish where he can't, his dad can't lie for a whole, a whole day. Jim Carrey's son in the movie is played by Justin Cooper, who plays Linus Plankin in this episode. Also, if you're familiar with the show Boy Meets World, he also was in an episode of Boy Meets World where Eric dates a single mother. I think it's sometime in possibly in season four or five, maybe six. I can't remember, but... Also, another guy who's kind of a, he's been in things, like, you would know this guy, be like, oh, I remember him from this episode. Um, especially since I do podcast other television shows in the 80s, Patrick Cronin, who plays Phil, he was in an episode of Silver Spoons. But this guy, guys, you would recognize him. He is in so, so, so many things, so many shows. He was in an episode, or maybe more than one, of Home Improvement. He was also in an episode of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. And Seinfeld. Oh, this guy, is, he's all over the place, guys. He's all over the place. Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, Party of party of Five, really? Okay, cool. Well, good for him. I want to see if his wife, who is played by Nancy Lennon Charles, who plays Phyllis, which is funny because Phil and Phyllis, <laughs> their twin sons, they're part of the support group, have sons whose names are Phil and Phil. Spelled differently, of course. Yes, like that makes all the difference. They're probably acting out because you couldn't bother to name them something that uh, was different from the other. I mean, they're already twins. They look identical. Now they got to have the same names. This one is F-I-L, and the other one is P-H-I-L. I don't see Phyllis. I'm going to see what she's been in. Well, looks like she and um, Mr. Cronin here have similar IMDb credits as far as, you know, Seinfeld and Step by Step and just a lot of things. Was also an episode of Touched by an Angel. That is such a good show. That really is. That's like the 90s version of what kind of sort of a highway to heaven was in, for the 80s. Touched by an Angel was that for the the 90s. So, yeah. We also have Time Winters. That's an interesting name. Whether it's his actual name or maybe it's a stage name. I don't know. Or professional name. He plays Seth. So, I don't know if he'd be in anything that I would recognize. Oh, I see. Yeah. He was a prosecutor in the movie Thinner. Um, yeah, that's not going to help me. Oh, he was in This Is Us? Oh, he played it. This guy likes it. He, he, this guy, suitable for doctor roles. Doctor, doctor, so many doctors. Oh, my goodness gracious sake. Good for him, though. I mean, when you got... Your uh, typecast for, you know, role. I mean, definitely Doctor, right? I mean. Okay, so we got James O'Keefe directing this episode. Looks like he also directed Family Matters. He also directed um, a lot of episodes of Perfect Strangers. Mork and Mindy. Interesting. Good for him. 
So, directed three episodes of Full House. The Day of the Rhino. <laughs> I've never been a fan of The Day of the Rhino, which is like, eh. And support your local parents. And season eight's The Producer, which, of course, I did cover in honor of Lori Laughlin's birthday back in like, July, I think. It was July, right? I don't have their birthdays committed to memory. But yes, yeah, Step by Step, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, and two episodes of Valerie, which would later become the Hogan family. So, Bob Sand, who is a writer on Fall House, actually has got like a good chunk of 16 episodes of Full House that he covered from Tough Love, Fast Friends, Smash Club, The Next Generation, The Day of the Rhino, what honestly is not one of my favorite episodes. The Prying Game, also another one. It's like, eh, I could take it or leave it. The Bicycle Thief, Support Your Local Parents, The Perfect Couple, which I'll be covering that one in March. Is it true about Stephanie? The Test, another one that's just kind of like, eh. Joey's Funny Valentine, where we meet Roxy, The Last Dance, which I covered during the Grandparents series in October, November, I'm already forgetting, Michelle Alicart, Be Your Own Best Friend, and of course, the season seven finale, A House Divided, where they get an offer from a previous owner who wants to buy the house because he grew up in it. Thus leaving the Tanners, Katsopoli, Katsopolis family, and Joey all to decide, do we kind of split up and go our own ways? Um, another show that pretty much copied this exact format of an episode for their series finale was Step by Step. I, since, you know, TGIF shows are on <clears throat> Hulu, I'm like, okay, I want to check this out. So I watch it, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. They, um, what's his, Frank had two sons and a daughter, right? He had Al, and then he also had, um, JT and Brendan. And I'm like, where's Brendan? Oh, they took him off the show to make room for this little girl that apparently Frank and I Carol, they had to have this kid. And of course, just like the same format with Family Ties and Growing Pains of Fresh Prince, they aged the kid up in the last season. So she's like six. This kid, I'm like, I know that girl. She was from the Welch's Juice commercial. The blonde-haired kid with the the creepy smile. <laughs> but no, they're like, hey, let's go sell this house, buy a new one. And the youngest one is like, no, I don't want to move. I'm like, you copied that from Full House. I get it, they're on the same network. They're on ABC. They're on TGIF together. But come on. Not every show has to end with the characters moving out of the house. I mean, it happened with the Seavers. It happened with Fresh Prince. But honestly, let's just say, let's just say we never got a season 8 of Full House. And we just ended with season 7. This would, House Divided would have been a good episode to end on. Because it's like, we all live here. Michelle's quote of, 
we all live here. Because Denise brings in Comet. Like, Comet, no, you live here. And that leads to my show to say, and she looks around at all of her family and says, we all live here. Of course, down the road, many, 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 many years behind the scenes. We never see it happen. But yes, the family does eventually separate and go their own ways. Probably once Michelle's like out of high school and in college. All, that was like, the like. let's just wait. Let's just wait until she gets to college and then boom, we'll all go our separate ways. Because if you think about, by that time, Stephanie's already been doing her own thing for a while. DJ's raising her her kids and all that stuff. So, yeah. Of course, my favorite segment of the beginning of the podcast is the user reviews. So, of course, starting out at the top, the ever-faithful Power Man Dan. Rating this an 8 out of 10. Okay, I like that better. Good, good, good. Titling it, No Pressure on Them. And this was published April April 1st, so April Fool's Day, 2019. Okay, here we go. It must be great being a twin. No pressure to make friends, and there's always another one of you around. But is it always good? Jesse and Becky are concerned when Nikki and Alex won't socialize with other kids at playgroup. They go to a group meeting where they meet parents of a similar fate similar fate if they keep up with what they're doing, what they've been doing. Meanwhile, DJ gets a driving ticket and her sisters blackmail her. Steph and Michelle can wear anything of DJ's and if she complains, they spill the beans. Just about everything with this is right. It may not be perfect, but all is forgiven. Okay, of course, Taylor Kingston rating this a 6 out of 10, titling it The One with a PTA. This was published October 15th, 2015. Warning, spoilers. I enjoyed this episode. It was funny. And I liked the addition of organizations such as the PTA. In this episode, after hearing that the... Whoa! Um... Pumpkin, this is not that episode. I'm sorry, sweetie, you reviewed the wrong episode. Yeah, um, this is not the, um... Too Little Richard Too Late episode. What the heck I'll read it anyway. Okay. In this episode, after hearing the school cancels art class because of budget cuts, Joy decides to run for president of the PTA so he can change things. To help with the campaign, Denise calls her Uncle Richard, who turns out to be Little Richard. Yes, that Little Richard. And he performs at the Smash Club. Special guest star, Little Richard. Overall, I give this episode a 6 out of 10, which in my ratings book is good. Good, 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 good. Um, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, I can't think of PTA because I, I know Pierre and Teacher Association, right? I kept thinking, how does that make sense with the support group? It's not called PTA. Of course, before I get into the cold open, I want to do the business up top. Always let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. It has its own Facebook page. Type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Old Atlanta Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. Also, on Instagram... OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod on Twitter. It's OMHC Full House. And if you want to send an email with your comments on previous episodes of Cupboard, your memories, your thoughts, your comments, opinions, 
You can send them to omhcfhfhpodcasts at gmail.com. I always put the episode... (laughs) I always put the email address in the episode description for you. So... Also, if you've been listening, you will already know that in January I'm taking a bit of a break while I do some pre-recording, but since Jody Sweden is celebrating her birthday, she's eight months older than me, um, she is getting her birthday episode, which is going to be middle-aged crazy, so look for that around the end of January, and then in February, I will come back with the new series, Tanner Girls in Love. We're going to cover Baby Love from Season 2, and Stephanie Plays the Field, Season 4, Tanner, Tanners and, uh, Lovers and Other Tanners, oh my goodness, I could not think of the title to save myself, <laughs> um, with DJ, and then of course... The final Valentine's Day episode of Full House, because there's only there's only two. It's Dateless in San Francisco, where everyone's got Valentine's Day woes. Apparently, Michelle's friend Lisa thinks since they sold the most chocolate, and of course they get a class Valentine's Day party. Like, hey, it's the '90s. Let's all. Someone's gonna say hook up. No, let's all pair up with each other, and we can go, at, you know, couple up and go as each other's dates. So, and then of course we got Jesse and Becky, who've only been married for what three or four years at this point, and Becky's getting vibes from Jesse, like, "Oh, we're this old married couple. We don't need to celebrate Valentine's Day." <laughs> yeah, right. And, of course, Danny in Season 8 is dating Gia's mother, Claire, which, I mean, she's a nice lady and all that, but I didn't see that. And that's the same thing. It just seems like Danny's love life just (laughs) hits the skids. Same with DJs. After Steve, it's just Nelson and Viper, and it's just, like, I really don't like either of them. They're okay, but Nelson's kind of flat, and Viper's kind of just... He's too much. He's just too much. And not to mention, I mean, he's got to be at least 19, 20 years old. And DJ's still a senior in high school. Granted, she's 18, but still. That's what I'll be covering in February. In March, I'm going to be covering the breakup episodes. So what I'm going to be doing is covering Jesse and Becky's almost. So it's going to be a breakup makeup series. Where some are going to break up and make up, some are going to break up and still stay broken up. So we'll be having Jesse and Becky in season three breaking up for a short period until the end of the episode. We have Danny and Vicky semi kind of sort of broken up, but not a hundred percent sure, and then they're solid at the end of the episode. And then of course we have the actual, actual completely broken up 100% with DJ and Steve in Love on the Rocks and Danny and Vicky in The Perfect Couple. Oh my god. I remember watching both those episodes and just, especially Danny and Vicky's, I was sobbing along with Danny. Oh my god, my heart. My heart, guys. So, yeah. Alright, without one last thing, 
I want to let you know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, if you really enjoy it, I would love to get you know, some feedback if you got a second. I don't ask, I don't do Patreon, I don't ask for money to give you content. This is all free from the goodness of my heart because I love the show and I love putting this out for you guys. So the only thing I ask is jump on the old iTunes, leave, you know, all the five-star reviews that it gets kind of bumps it up there along with other Full House podcasts. And the other thing is if you're new to this podcast, you will find that this is a podcast for everybody. It's a clean podcast. I wanted to be that one option out there. For those of you that want to reminisce about Full House and Fuller House and be able to listen to it in front of your kids or play it, you know, in the office or, or whatever. Have it playing on a speaker where no one's going to get offended or hurt or hear bad things. So, all right, let's get into this cold open. So, we're in the living room. Of course, we get everyone, ooh, because Steve and DJ are kissing. They're kneeling at the coffee table, supposedly doing homework when they're actually making out, as Michelle catches them. Like, hi, guys, what are you doing? And Steve just got this irritated look on his face. I mean, yeah, he likes, you know, coming over there and stuff, but... I think we can all agree with Steve. Michelle can be kind of a bit much. And, of course, DJ does look a little embarrassed like she's been... It's not like she's been... It's not like you've been caught by Danny. Come on, relax. But nobody wants to be making out with their significant other with some younger, annoying sibling coming into the room and catching you. And DJ's like, oh, well, we were studying. And... Michelle says, "Uh uh-uh, you guys were kissing. Well, duh, Michelle. Hey, I just used her one of her favorite catchphrases, which I don't think she's used in quite a while against her. Yay! And Steve just kind of looks, gives her the side eye, like, wow, nothing gets by you. And Michelle, of course... Makes things even more weird and uncomfortable. She says, In school we learn millions of germs live in your spit. That's exactly what people who have just been kissing want to hear. Thank you, Michelle. DJ explains to Michelle, You know, Michelle, when you kiss someone, you don't really think about germs and spit. Michelle's like, Okay, it's your mouth. And she walks out of the living room. Like, I just handed you that dose of information, so... Bye. And she's like, all right, now where were we? And they lean in to kiss, and they're like a millimeter away from each other's lips. And they're like, uh, maybe we should just study. I mean, it's not like one of them had a canker sore or something gross in their mouth or on their face, side of their lips or... Because that definitely... I don't know. But not be kissing someone who has a cold sore by the side of their mouth. That is just... No, I just... mm -mm. Mm-mm. Forget the germs and the spit. I draw the line at cold sores. It's not like she said something about, like, bad breath and other things that probably... Once you... They're comfortable with each other, so they gotten past the whole, like, Oh, your breath tastes like... Your mouth tastes like you've been eating pizza, which he probably has, or nachos, or whatever. Probably when you kiss someone, I mean... Especially if you're doing it, you know, 
you're new at it, you're gonna take, like, let me pop in a breath mint. Maybe I should brush my teeth first and stuff like that. But DJ and Steve are familiar enough with each other that it doesn't matter. Like, oh, he ate a donut beforehand. Who cares? Hi, guys. What you doing? <laughs> Homework? Nuh-uh. You guys were kissing. Well, you know, nothing gets by you. In school, we learned millions of germs live in your spit. Right. Well, Michelle, when you kiss someone, you, you don't really think about germs and spit. Okay, it's your mouth. <laughs> now, where were we? You know, I think we should get back to this geometry. Can we all just say Michelle was a major buzzkill? Because she was a major buzzkill right there. I mean, DJ and Steve were not looking for a the more you know type of moment. Alright, so we come out of the intro and we are in the apartment upstairs. Jesse's using his piano more than Edward Stratton or anyone in the Stratton household in Silver Spoons of Season 4 Onward ever has, I'm telling you. <laughs> if you guys aren't familiar with that, go go listen to my uh, punky or power podcast with Silver Spoons. Ugh, it's nuts. Anyway, <laughs> Becky's coming up the stairs with the boys. She's got their stuff. And Jesse asks how their playgroup was. He's like, oh, I bet you boys made a lot of new friends. Jesse, like, plops him on the bed and says, hey, how was your new playgroup today? Were you guys voted least likely to have split ends? And the boys start shaking their long hair back and forth. And <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, look at that luster. It's blinding. It's blinding. He takes so much pride in their long blonde hair. I'm kind of curious how long before the boys eventually decided, like, hey, look, we've been having long hair for a while now, Dad. It's to the point where we can make a long ponytail. Can we please cut it? They probably, as soon as they went off to college, like, cut the hair, cut it, shave it. And then they each sent a selfie to their dad, like, hey, Dad, finally went to the haircut place and got my haircut because I just had to. Because you know if it were Becky and she had controlled her hair, she probably would have it cut short. Jesse says, oh, I bet all your little friends were jealous of you guys, huh? Because of your long hair. And Becky calls Jesse over like, Jess, can you come here for a sec? She says, about their little friends, they don't have any. Jesse is just, he looks bad at his kids like, there's nothing wrong with my boys. They should have loads of friends. And he's like, what do you mean they don't have any friends? And Becky tells him, well, Mrs. Plankin says they won't socialize with the other kids in the playgroup. You know how we could have, like, solved this episode and it wouldn't have been an episode? Separate the boys into separate playgroups. Boom! Bang! Bang! Problem solved. Problem solved. 
she continues how, you know, they'll only play with each other, and Jesse thinks, well, they're probably just too cool. Of course, we gotta get Jesse, like, thrown in an Elvis reference. Same thing happened with Elvis in his playgroup. He'd only play with Sonny and Red. And Becky's like, Jess, be serious. He's like, hey, it's in all the books, all the memoirs, every single one of them about Elvis that I bought on that little bookshelf over there. Read them. You'll see. So, of course, Miss Plankin suggests that Becky and Jesse join a Parents of Twins support group. But you could jump on Facebook, search groups, and you could find a bunch of different... I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up right now. And I bet anything there's going to be at least 10 types of Facebook groups that have to deal with Parents of Twins. Let's find out. Let's see. We'll go Twins. We'll just search Twins. See what comes up. Let's see. Moms of multiples. Twins, triplets, quadruplets. DFW twins. Twin mama strong support group. Pregnant with twins or more. Multiple. Wow. There, there's so many. There's like dads of twins and multiples. Twins mom support group. Black moms of twins. Mothers of twin support group. DFW twin moms. Parents of multiple. Whoa. What? Oh, I get it. Parents of multiples resale. Okay, so this is more like clothes for twins or something. I guess if what if you want to dress them alike. What is this? It's dedicated to what? Buying and selling our multiples, clothing or other items, toys, baby gear, etc. In pairs or sets. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, oh, yes, it's for uh, parents of multiples. Oh, that's smart. 2020 Twin Mamas. Um, okay, this is going down a rabbit hole that I don't want to be a part of anymore. Goodbye. Thank you. Okay, well, that answered my question. There are many, many support groups of twins, triplets, quadruplets, and so on and so forth. So if you want to find support from other parents of twins and triplets and so forth, you have a plethora of options to get your questions answered, find other people that are going through the same situations as yourself, and all that all that stuff. Anything you want to know about twins, boom. It's going to be right there. You're going to have so many options. Jesse, of course, being the man that he is, is like, we don't need any support group. He is refusing. He's, that's just... That could either be a guy thing or it could be a Jesse thing. That he really refuses help. Like, no. I know what I'm doing. I don't need someone else from the outside coming in and telling me how to raise my kids. And he's like, what does this planking character know? It's kind of funny as Jer- uh, J- Jeremy, as Jesse says, asks, what does this planking character know? That's no different than me saying, oh, that John Jameson. What, what, that person, like passed away, or that person, like, this happened. I always put that in front of, not always, but I tend to put that in front of someone's name. Why? I don't know. Oh, looks like that so-and-so got in trouble again. So, Becky runs down Miss Plankton's resume, along with the fact that she's got four kids, a PhD in child psychology, and she wrote a book, Why Your Twins Don't Socialize. Um, of those four children, are they twins? Are any of them twins? 
apparently the book was so good, it was nominated for the Pulitzer or Pulitzer Prize. Essie is just insulting this plankton lady. Or plankton lady. <laughs> plankton. <laughs> He's like, nominated. If she's so smart, why didn't she win? <laughs> she ain't so smart now, is she? Oh, just because she didn't win. <laughs> hey, I see those books up there on that little uh, makeshift shelf. I bet those are all those Elvis memoirs that Jesse collects and reads and memorizes. So when he wants to spout off his Elvis logic when it comes to anything related to child rearing or anything else. Of course, Jesse's getting input for the boys. Like, right, boys? And one of them, I don't know which one's Nikki and which one's Alex, says, you said it! The boys definitely in eight episodes, because Tough Love was the fourth episode and this is the twelfth, do have a bit more of a vocab and they do look like they've gotten a little older. Yeah, he's getting support from his boys. Like, hey, high five, up high. And Becky is just looking at him like, oh, oh, and you know it all, huh? And Jesse says, well, when it comes to our kids, that's right. And Jesse just sums it up like, hey, look, Beck, I mean, the playgroup is probably just boring for them. That's probably why they're not socializing with the other kids. She looks at him like, oh, so you could do better, huh? And he's like, yeah, that's right. She's like, well, that's Thursday. Is that good for you? And he's like, perfect. Oh, she says, she says, good. And she stands up and he's like, wait, good. What, 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 good? What happened here? And she says, well, I'll just call all the other mothers and tell them that the playgroup is going to be happening here. Um, you don't want to check with Danny first? Okay. Jesse's like, uh, our house? This house? Well, first of all, you just live in that apartment that is not a house. The whole house is Danny's house. So technically that uh, attic apartment is also Danny's because they don't pay rent. So he asks Becky, like, oh, just out of curiosity, how many of these little, uh, approximately how many of these knee nibblers will be joining us? She says, oh, only seven, but don't worry, it'll feel like a lot more. All right, how was your new playgroup today, huh? You guys voted least likely to have split ends? <laughs> that luster, it's blinding. It's blinding. <laughs> I bet all your little friends were jealous of you guys, huh? Uh, Jess? Hmm? Honey? Can you come here for a second? Yeah. Hold on one second. Um, about their little friends, they don't have any. What do you mean they don't have any? Well, Mrs. Plankin said they won't socialize with other kids in playgroup. They only play with each other. Well, they're probably just too cool. <laughs> Same thing happened with Elvis and his playgroup. He'd only hang out with Sonny and Red. It's in all the books. Come on, this is serious. Yeah, really. Now, Mrs. Plankin suggested that we join a parents of twins support group. We don't need any support group. What does this Plankin character know? Well, she's got four kids, a PhD in child psychology, and she wrote a book, Why Your Twins Don't Socialize. <laughs> it was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. 
computer. Nominated. Ha! She's so smart, why didn't she win? <laughs> right, boys? Who said it? High fives. All right. <laughs> and, uh, you know it all, huh? When it comes to our kids, that's right. I, look, back up. The playgroup was probably just boring, that's all. You could do better? That's right again. Is Thursday good for you? Perfect. Good. Good, good. What good? What, what, what happened? Well, I'm going to call all the parents and tell them that playgroup is here next week. <laughs> Our house, nice. this house? Uh, Beck, just, uh, just out of curiosity, approximately how many of these uh, knee nibblers will be joining us? Only seven. But don't worry, it'll feel like a lot more. Okay, so before we get out of this scene with Jesse and Becky and her arranging the play date, play group thing to be at the Tanner house the next day or Thursday, I'm kind of curious if because Nikki and Alex are playing by themselves, you know, they're the boys that play them, Blake and Dylan. I'm just kind of wondering. Because they're playing with Toys R Us, are they there by themselves while this scene with Jesse and Becky are going on? Or is there like a stage hand or a kid wrangler, stage kid hang handler, whatever you want to call them, kind of interacting with the boys to kind of keep them from like getting up and wandering off? Because we can't see them. The only thing we're seeing right now is Jesse and Becky. So I'm just kind of wondering... Do you think, like, oh, let's just set some toys down here for the two boys. They'll stay right there and play with the toys. Or do you got somebody, because we hear one of them, like, kind of squeal excitedly. So it's like, maybe somebody is on the floor interacting with the toy, the, and the boys to keep them occupied while this scene is coming on. So they're not getting, they're toddlers, their, their attention spans are so short. I'm sure I could see them just getting up and just zipping off the set or or however while this scene is going on. So I kind of am curious. Alright, so let's go to plot B, at least the beginning of it, where Stephanie and Michelle come into their room. Michelle's like, shouldn't we ask DJ if we can borrow her stuff? And Stephanie says, Michelle, look, DJ and I have a relationship where what's hers is hers, and she'll basically just let me borrow it whenever. And you hear in the background, hey, who stole my stuff? Because Michelle's arm has got so many bracelets that practically go all the way from her wrist to her elbow. Not quite, though. More like just up her forearm. I didn't know that DJ wore that many bracelets. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just thought of something that would make this more interesting. What if one of the bracelets is like one of Pam's old bracelets and, you know, DJ decided, well, you know, I'll, I'll take this bracelet. And then Michelle, like, loses it and DJ, like, gets upset. Like, Michelle, you lost mom's bracelet. That meant so much to me. She was going to give it to me on my 16th birthday. But I took it anyway. And now we have to find it. I don't know why, but that just sounds like that could be... I mean, not that this isn't an interesting side plot, because it is. But I just thought if we added in more, a little more fuel to the fire, like, hey, let's up the stakes a little more. Make it even more interesting. 
Oh, you know what would make it even more interesting? If Stephanie's like, wait, why do you get mom's bracelet? And DJ would say, well, because I'm the oldest. Then again, that would probably confuse Michelle because she didn't really know her mother. I just, I just thought of that, like, on the fly like that. I'm like, that sounds very interesting. Because I can't remember the last time we had the girls talking about their mother. You know, collectively together. What slumber, the slumber party episode and goodbye Mr. Bear were the two big times that Pam was brought up. So, DJ comes in, she's got a towel wrapped around her head, she just got out of the shower, she, aha, as she points to Stephanie, my sweater, and my bracelets, Michelle, you guys are always stealing my stuff. And, to Stephanie's credit, she's like, oh, we're not stealing, we're simply borrowing. And DJ looks at her and asks, and when did you plan to give it back? And Michelle's like, when you got us. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I had an older sister. I can tell you I never took any of her clothes. I would go through her dresser drawer because she had this red wallet that smelled like big red gum. Actually, the entire um, top drawer smelled like big red gum. But I'd always like go through it. Like Her wallet like would have one of those little mini addresses phone number things, and I'd, like, look through it to see what boy's number she had in there. (laughs) And DJ's like, that is stealing. I can't even take a shower without you two going into my room. And why is that? Uh, I mean, I know I'm the younger sister, too, but I gotta agree with DJ here. It's like, seriously, you wouldn't want her going through. But then again, we've seen Stephanie take clothes of TJ's before. Remember the, uh, it was a dark and stormy night when DJ was, you know, later home. She was looking for those flip-flops and Steph said she borrowed them. They're at the bottom of the lake. Or when DJ wanted to wear her white blouse, her new white blouse for school the next day and was asked Steph for it. And, oh, it's on this chair underneath this coat. Uh-huh. So, it doesn't end here, guys. But Stephanie's actually trying to defend why she took it. Oh, boy. Danny, of course, comes in. She's like, girls, what's going on in here? This is an interesting rule. Danny has a lot of them. Well, actually, he's got a lot of lectures, too, that he has numbered. He said, said, you know the rule. No arguing an hour after eating. You want to get a cramp? That would be interesting if that were a rule. And somebody could test that theory. Like, try arguing with somebody after an hour after you eat. Let's see if you get a cramp. I don't know. No, no one needs to test that theory. So, DJ tells him, Look, Dad, every time I go and take a shower, Stephanie goes in my room and swipes something. And now Michelle's doing it too. And Michelle's like, well, so stop taking showers. And uh, Stephanie adds, yeah, and then we definitely stop borrowing your clothes. Stealing your clothes? Sweetie, it's stealing. Oh, he has these, they're called dad talks. Dad Talk 42 is table manners at a luau. 
supposed to come up with that one during season three when they went to Hawaii. Dad talk 45. Sharing. It rhymes with caring. So he tells Stephanie and Michelle, like, come on, girls. You know you gotta respect DJ's privacy. If you want something, just ask. And DJ, maybe you could be a little more generous. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's 100% contradicting himself. He's telling... Stephanie and Michelle to respect DJ's privacy, and then he's telling DJ be a little more generous. <sighs> generous with what? Let, letting them take her stuff? Or them asking, and she's like, sure, you can borrow my stuff. No! It's not about being generous. Danny, this is not the dad talk. This is so wrong. Those kids don't need to be borrowing her stuff at all. But Danny's all about tightening up the loose ends and making sure, like, everyone's in agreement. Like, okay, don't take her stuff. Just ask first. DJ, if they ask you, give them something of yours. And don't throw a fit about it. So, DJ, like, rushes him out of the room. Like, thanks for the talk. Sometimes we all need a little reminder. And Danny's like, you know, my dad talks are getting pretty good lately. Why don't I uh, tape them and market them? You know, I could call them pop psychology. You know, pop like dad. And DJ just looks at him like, eh, okay, good for you. She shuts the door, turns around, and says, all right, you little closet kleptos, hand it over. And Stephanie's like, but you just told dad you're going to be a little more generous. And DJ says, that was next time. This is still this time. And Stephanie's like, well, couldn't uh, next time be this time, so this time could be next time, or something to that effect. And it's like, just give me the sweater, please, and the bracelets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stay out of my room. Don't touch my stuff. Shouldn't we ask DJ before we borrow her stuff? Michelle, <laughs> DJ and I have a special understanding. What's mine is hers, and what's hers hey, is... Hey, who swiped my stuff? <laughs> Still hers. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh, my sweater. And my bracelets. You know, I'm tired of you guys stealing my stuff. We're not stealing, we're simply borrowing. <laughs> and when did you plan to give it back? When you caught us. It's stealing, you guys no, go into my room every time I give it back. You don't know what's No, I don't want You know the rule. No arguing an hour after eating. You wanna get a cramp? <laughs> take a shower, Stephanie goes to my room and swipes something. And now Michelle's doing it too. So, stop taking showers. <laughs> then we definitely stop borrowing your clothes. Okay, that's enough. I think it's time for Dad talk number 42. No, wait a minute, 42 would be table matters at a luau. Now this would be uh, Dad talk 45. Sharing, it rhymes with caring. Come on, girls, you know you have to respect DJ's property. Next time you want something, just ask her for it, okay? Got it, Dad. Okay. And DJ, you know, next time you could be a little bit more generous. I'll try, Dad. Okay. Thanks for the talk. Sometimes we just need a little reminder. You know, my dad talks are getting pretty good lately. Maybe I should tape them and try to market them, you know? I could call them pop psychology. You know, pop like dad. It's just a working title. All right, you little closet kleptos, hand it over. You just told Dad you were going to be more generous. That was next time. This is still this time. Couldn't last time be this time, so this time could be next time? <laughs> I got learned to tell time. Come 
on, hand it over. Give me all the bracelets. Alright, let's head to this little play group here. We got one, two, three, four, and five kids. Seven total if you're counting Nikki and Alex. We do have a little Asian girl, a little black girl, uh, a dark haired boy, and another dark uh, haired girl. Nikki and Alex, of course, are sitting in a chair by themselves, not actually. They're just outside of the group. Justin Cooper, who plays Linus Plankton, this kid looks at least a couple years older. He looks like he's probably in kindergarten. Why is he even there? Because these kids look like they're between the ages of, you know, two and three. So why is Linus Plankton there? He should be in school. Unless this is taking place after school. But then again, Jesse and Joey have their radio show thing going on, so it's not like they'd be able to have it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. They're doing the wheels on the bus go round and round, which makes me think. Remember the episode, The Graduates, where Michelle was graduating preschool? And she did the, well, they were going to do the wheels on the bus go round and round, but they decided to do one of Jesse's songs. It just reminds me how annoyed the family was whenever Michelle would sing the wheels on the bus go round and round. Nikki and Alex, yeah, they're just sitting in a chair. They're not participating. And Jesse's like, hey, all right, now everybody's singing like Tony Curtis. And they're, the wheels on the bus go round and round. Like, what? They're two and three years old. They don't know Tony Curtis, Jess. I love how the two girls here, the, the Asian girl and the black girl, they're trying to, like, purse their lips, like, you know, kind of like how Joey is doing. And the little boy is talk out the side of his mouth. It's so cute. So the boys get out of the chair and they go over by the door, by the landing by the door. And Jesse's like, boys, what are you doing? Get back on the bus. And Nikki or Alex, whichever one, is like, I like it here. I love their overalls. I really think that they are going to get the best outfit award because I love that they're each wearing, unless it, I think the top, the red and black plaid for one of them, also on the overalls has the red and black plaid on the front of the overalls, and then on the cuffs of the of the pant leg, and the same with with the other two. And he's but he's wearing green and black plaid with it also on the cuffs. And I just I I think that's so cute. If I had a if I had a kid, I would totally dress him like that. I mean, if they were that age, not <laughs> not <laughs> if they were a teenager, but no. Uh, I oh, and look at the little um. The little boots, the little construction-looking boots. Oh, they look like little mini lumberjacks. All they need is like the stocking cap to go with it, and a little toy axe. Yes, well, Jesse gets up and he goes, "Are the guys? We got to play with the group." And I'm just like, Jess, they've been sitting in that chair the whole time you've been doing the wheels on the bus go round and round. The fact that you haven't tried to get them into like, actually sitting on the floor with the group. And now you're bothered by the fact, like, come on, boys, you need to get in on this. 
He's just all about trying to prove a point to Becky. So he's like, yeah, boys, come on. There's some nice kids in that group. I'm sure there's a few bad haircuts out there, but whoever wrote this line must be into the whole political hoo-ha. Because he's like, you, you'll find that in any group. Just look at Congress. What kid is laughing at that joke? None of them are because no kid cares about that kind of thing back in 1993. And Jesse's really trying here. Like, come on, boys. Don't you want to go play with the kids? And Nikki or Alex is like, not today. What? Okay, I think Jesse is going to get... What even is this cowhide... Blonde leather looking leather vest he's wearing. I know he usually goes with the black leather vest, which is awesome. But this thing is weird. It's got some weird design on in the back of it, too. I don't know what that is. It looks like a crest for... Wow, wow. it just looks gaudy. Just blech. Plus, he's wearing, like, a, a, a plain white tee underneath, and it's just, it's not doing anything. I mean, you could have switched out that black, uh, white tee for a black one, it still wouldn't have been doing anything. But I think his might be the worst outfit of the, that leather vest is just gross. I don't like it. So, I've seen this all episode multiple times, and whenever I would watch it with Jeremy, I'd always point this out. Get on Hulu, break out your DVDs, watch this episode in this scene as Joey comes up to Jesse and he's saying, if Muhammad won't go to the mountain, bring the mountain to Muhammad. As in, bring, if the boys aren't going to go to the group, then bring the group to the boys. That isn't going to make a dip, but anyway, the point that I'm making here is look at Joey. Side profile here, you can see he's got, like, a shiner underneath his eye. And I'm like, I'm always like, what happened? I mean, did something happen to, you know, Dave Coulier? Did someone pick a fight with him? Did he, like, hit something with his face? I I don't know. But you can definitely tell. I mean, yes, they probably put, you know, pancake makeup or whatever they use before a... You know, you go on on set and everything, and you're getting ready to get the cameras, you know, filming and whatnot. But you, no amount of makeup is making that shiner go away. It's like just under his his eye there. But check that out. So yeah, Joey and Jesse bring the kids over to the boys, and the boys are like, "Bye bye, daddy," and they run off. It's like. That's not going to work. You need to split the kids up. You probably can't do that here when they're both in the same room because they're just going to go to each other. you got to send him to two separate playgroups. That would work because now you're going to basically say, hey, you don't have your sibling as your security blanket anymore. You need to go out and socialize with other kids. But what's going to stop that twin... From sitting in a chair off to the side by himself, even though he doesn't ha- he doesn't have his twin brother with him anymore. Jesse doesn't even know the kids' names, because when Joey brings up, "Hey, if the kid if Muhammad won't go to the mountain," Jess looks at Joey and is like, "All right, which one's name is Muhammad?" Jesse, none of their names are Muhammad. Okay, you're not just listen. Okay, 
What I'm saying is, if Muhammad won't go to the mountain, bring the mountain to Muhammad. So, in retrospect here, if the kids are going to get in the playgroup, you bring the playgroup to them. Oh, for heaven's sake, Jesse's- Okay, yeah, I knew that. So, no kid's name is Muhammad, right? And Joey's like, no. So, Joey, of course, puts on a an accent here. Um, sounds Irish. As he has the kids, come on, Lord, you got a couple of... <laughs> I can't do it. Come on, there. No, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll leave the voices to Joey. So he gets the kids to go over there, and Jesse's like, look, boys, the kids want to say hey. They want to play with you. They want to hang out. Linus Plankin is also the one that is hanging back from the group because the kid's like, these kids are like at least a year or so younger than me. I don't want anything. This kid speaks in full on sentences, so I don't I don't get why he's there. He's just there to be a know it all to Jesse. But yeah, the boys bloop, they're gone. They're hanging out on a bench in the alcove. And Jesse's like, look, uh, no offense. Just these kids, they're party animals. Just you got to give them a chance. Go play with Uncle Jojo. So instead of going over to talk to his kids right now, he's sitting on the stoop pouting about why his kids aren't interacting with the other kids. Like, apparently, this is a bigger problem than I thought. And this is when Linus Plankin comes over complaining, like, this playgroup is boring. It's boring. Jesse's like, give me a break. I run a pretty good playgroup. No, you don't, Jesse. It stinks. I would be bored if I were that age. This kid is too old to be in that playgroup. Why is he there other than to criticize Jesse? He's like, hey, cut me some slack. I run a pretty good playgroup. And I'm just calling him Justin Cooper. Justin Cooper says, you don't have a clue. Well, Jesse really doesn't. <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, playgroup critic. Okay, what's your name? What's your moniker, kid? And the kid's like, Linus Plankton. It's like, ah, Plankton, of course, I should have known. And Jesse says, I heard your mom lost a Pulitzer. And Linus is like, at least she was nominated. Blech. Joey comes over, he's like, ah, nailed by an ankle biter, huh? And Jesse's get over there and watch the kids. You both need to be watching those kids. They don't need to be, you should never leave the uh, kids alone. Even for a moment. This makes me think of that movie Daddy Daycare with Eddie Murphy, how he was watching his kid and he started, you know, they were watching other, like, neighborhood kids and then some lady, I think it was played by Ange- she was played by Angelica Houston, who was kind of overseeing, like, government rule says y- you can only have so many kids per adult. Like, you need to have more adults. So, they just kind of make, like, they got two adults and they got five kids, so... The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round. All right, everybody sing it like Tony Curtis. Who? The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. The wheels on the bus go round and round, all through the town. 
I love you, Spartacus. <laughs> hey, hey, boys, where you going? Get back on the bus. I like it here. Guys, come on, we gotta play with the group. Come on, boys, they're, they're nice kids. I mean, sure, there are a few bad haircuts out there, but you'll find that in any group. Just look at Congress. Now, come on, guys, let's go play with the kids. Don't you want to go play with the kids? Not today. Uh, Jess? Huh? You know, if Muhammad won't go to the mountain... All right, which one's Muhammad? None of them. No, no, no what, what I'm saying is, if the boys won't go to the group, bring the group to the boys, you know? Oh. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I knew that. So, so, so no kids named Muhammad, right? I just want to... All right, let's go, group. Come on. I've got a couple of lads for you to meet over there. Let's go. I'll be a pumped-up goose. Go on, bring your shillelagh over there. See that, boys? The kids came over to play with you. See you later, Daddy. <laughs> Guys, where are you going? You're supposed to be playing with the other kids. All right, gang, you know what? They'll, they'll be right back. They're really a lot of fun. In fact, they're party animals, these kids. Now, go play with Uncle Jojo. Come on, let's go. This playgroup's boring. You're sure. Hey, cut me some slack. I run a pretty good playgroup. You don't have a clue. <laughs> right, you don't. Oh, playgroup critic, huh? All right, uh, what's your name? What do they call you? What's your moniker, kid? Linus Plankin. Ah, Plankin. <laughs> I heard your mom lost the Pulitzer. She got nominated. <laughs> Whoa, good one. Huh, nailed by an ankle biter, eh? <laughs> Watch the kids, huh? All right, so we are in the kitchen. DJ Steve and Kimmy come in the back door. We do see Stephanie and Michelle listening in over by the little laundry room. As DJ says, I'm dead. My life is over. And Steve, of course, is like, come on, DJ, it's not that bad. And I'm thinking, yeah. Steve, you have a car, so, <laughs> yeah. And she tells him, I got a ticket, not that bad, are you serious? My dad's never going to let me drive again. And DJ says, oh, I can't believe I'm a pedestrian. This is the scene, Kimmy says, Deej, this isn't about religion. You're going to be walking. I love you, Kimmy. Steve turns to Kimmy, points a finger at her and says, You know, Kimmy, this is all your fault. And Kimmy, to her defense, is like, Hey, I was airing out my socks. And she says, Hey, who knew that hanging your feet out the window was illegal in this state? And DJ explains to Kimmy, she says, Well, this ticket I'm holding in my hand says that you were obstructing my view. Oh, in other words, Kimmy's feet being just outside the window probably was cutting off DJ's, you know, um, blind spot area. You know how you're looking over your shoulder and stuff like that? Especially if you're changing lanes, you've got to have that space open so you can double check to make sure someone's not coming up on your left or coming up on your right. Kimmy, get your feet out of the way! <laughs> but that would be me if I was DJ. Steve takes the ticket and asks, well, wait a minute, I thought you got it because her feet didn't meet current pollution standards. 
always the jokes with Kimmy's feet. I'm honestly trying to wonder, did that whole thing start in season five? Because I'm trying to wonder, when did the cracks about Kimmy's feet start? Was it season five? Was it season four? I don't think it would have been as early as season three. I, I don't think so. And I'm just kind of curious why the writer said, hey, let's make an ongoing running joke of Kimmy's feet. In Fuller House, now that I'm trying to remember, do we get jokes about Kimmy's smelly feet? Or did they kind of like, oh, I cleared up over the course of 25 years. It's not an issue anymore. And Kimmy says, look, Deej, it's your dad's car. You got to do the right thing. Pay the ticket and don't tell him. Now, here's my question. She's driving her dad's car, right? So, of course, you get a ticket. You're going to get points on your license. So, DJ gets the points on her license or because it's Danny's car and it's registered to Danny, would he get the points on his license? I think D- And that... Oh, oh, sweetie. I'm just thinking... She gets a ticket because she's a newly licensed driver. Well, maybe not newly. I mean, she did get um, her learner's permit in season five. So maybe she's been driving for about a year. But even still, she's a teenage. She'd still fall under that first time driver thing. That means you're right. It's already up because you're a teenager. Add a ticket to that? And that's going to be that much high. I mean, I don't know what it's like in California, but I know in Michigan, their rates were very, very high, especially because it was like um, car deer accident state. So also that was another reason. So I typed that question in if someone else is driving your car or you're driving someone else's car and you get a ticket, how does that work? Uh, one thing it says, the general rule is that your insurance company will not raise your premiums if you loan out your car and the person you loaned it to gets a speeding ticket. However, there are several variables that could change that outcome and cause you problems. Oh boy. Here we go. Points on your license. Some people worry that if you loan, if they loan out their car to someone who gets stopped for speeding... They both, then both the car driver and owner could get points on their license. Each state holds drivers accountable for their own actions. If your friend speeds in your car and gets caught, you will not have to worry about any repercussions on your license or in general your insurance. When it gets tricky, okay. Car insurance generally follows the driver. That is why you can often use your own car insurance for a rental instead of paying more for rental insurance. But in special situations, car insurance can be tricky. If you loan your vehicle to an uninsured driver, um, nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. Okay. Don't do that. I'm telling you, don't do that. And that driver causes damage while speeding, your insurance could wind up being affected. While you would not directly be responsible for the damages, the other party could sue your insurance company if your uninsured driver is unable to take any of the financial responsibility. 
The general rule is to not loan your car to anybody for any reason. While in general, your insurance would not be affected. The driver who borrowed your car got pulled over for speed. Why is it always... This article is for speeding. Well, what about other offenses? Running a light. Running a stop sign. Well, that would... Well... That could also be speeding in a way. I mean, I've gotten speeding tickets. Not now. No. <laughs> I have, But um, when I got my Honda Fit in 2014, I am like, that's it. No, I'm obeying. <laughs> and sometimes if I did speed, it might be maybe 5, 10 miles over the limit. Just, you know, because I was trying to get to work. Like, I'm running late. I have to go. My job's like 7 to 10 minutes away. So, DJ takes Kimmy's advice as she says, well, I guess what he doesn't know won't hurt him. Couldn't hurt him. DJ, you've smelled Kimmy's feet before. You know they're really, really bad. Like, roadkill. Death stink bad, right? You think that Danny's not going to get in his, in his car the next day to go to work and not wonder, what is that stench? Why do my nose hairs feel like they're on fire? Yeah. Oh, Kimmy, we didn't need this. And she says, that's why Nana waits till Grandpa's asleep before she trims his ear hair. But does her grandpa not like getting his ear hair trimmed? Apparently Steve is very grossed out. He's like, eh, I gotta go now, Deej. All right, good luck. He pats her on the shoulder. Bye. So DJ and Steve, or DJ and Steve, Steve and Kimmy both head to the door to leave. And Steve gives Kimmy some advice. Oh, and Kimmy, listen, next time you stick your feet out the car window, will you do it while you're going through, you know, a car wash? So, Steve and Kimmy go. They're gone. Well, now it's time for Stephanie and Michelle to make an appearance. And they look like the cat who's eating the canary. We know something you don't want Dad to know. <laughs> that sweatshirt that DJ is wearing has got the... It's. It looks like it could be a partial v-neck or maybe the neck's just been stretched out so much because it's literally practically barely hanging on by her shoulder. The tip of her shoulder. That side is going to slip off. And Stephanie's like, Hey, DJ. DJ turns and sees them and says, asks, how long have you guys been here? Michelle says, mm, about seven years. And DJ, I didn't mean on the planet, Michelle. I don't mean on the planet. She asks, how much did you guys hear? And of course, Stephanie wearing this choker. Ugh. No, just no. How many times have I said it? No chokers. None. Horrible fashion. Horrible. I don't even like it when Becky wears a choker. Just no choker for nobody. And Stephanie says, eh, just enough to ruin your life. And DJ is glaring at them and she says, look, you two, not a word to dad. And of course, Stephanie's like, oh, you mean you want us to keep something for f from father? We couldn't. <laughs> so DJ figures, uh, well... She's backed into a corner here. The only way to keep this secret is to let Stephanie and Michelle have a field trip of her closet. And also accessorizing, as Michelle adds, 
but you also need to accessorize because Stephanie says, yeah, how about I'm taking a little trip through your closet? Her closet isn't even that big. DJ's like, what else can I do, basically? Like, hurry, you little rats can borrow my clothes. So Stephanie says, taking a little tour of your closet. I gotta say, Michelle's vest here, because she's wearing a white, puffy, blousey, white shirt underneath, but her black vest, and it looks like it's really prettily done with, I don't know what type of uh, thread they use, but it's just flowers and it's, you know, nice, light, bright-ish colors. It's just, it's really cute. I like it. I'm dead. My life is over. Oh, come on, DJ. It's not that bad. Not that bad? I got a ticket. My dad's never gonna let me drive his car again. I can't believe I'm a pedestrian. Deej, this isn't about religion. <laughs> You're gonna be walking. You know, Debbie, this is all your fault. Hey, I was airing out my socks. Who knew that hanging your feet out the window was illegal in this state? Well, this ticket says you're obstructing my view. Wait, I thought you got it because her feet didn't meet current pollution standards. Deej, it's your dad's car. You gotta do the right thing. Pay the ticket and don't tell him. Well, I guess what he doesn't know can't hurt him. That's why Nana waits till Grandpa's asleep before she trims his ear hair. Yeah, didn't need to know that. Uh, I gotta go now, Deej. All right, um, good luck. Oh, and Kimmy, listen, next time you decide to stick your feet out the car window, make sure we're going through, like, a car wash. Bye-bye, Deej. Hi, Deej. How long have you guys been here? Seven years. I don't mean on the planet, Michelle. How much did you guys hear? Mm, just enough to ruin your life. Look, you two, not a word to Dad. You mean you want us to keep something from Father? We couldn't. Okay, what do you guys want? Well, for starters, how about taking a little tour of your closet? <laughs> okay, you little rats can borrow my clothes. That's just the beginning. We also need to accessorize. <laughs> So, Joey is playing Ring Around the Rosie with the kids. Linus is, Justin Cooper is reluctantly playing. And, of course, when they go, we all fall down, Justin Cooper is still outside of the circle of the kids. Like, I'm not a part of this. This is boring. Because Jesse's over on the stairs with the boys trying to get them to interact with the other kids. And he's not having any luck with that. Jesse's even like, hey, look, boys, look how much fun they're having over there. Don't you want to go over and play? And the boys both say, no way. And Jesse says, come on, you don't want your old man looking like a bonehead, do you? And the brother's like, hi, bonehead, hi, bonehead. Oh, so Jesse, of course, uses candy as a motivation to get the boys to go over there. He shows them a bag of probably warm, soft, sweaty gummy bears that he's been hiding inside his vest pocket. And both boys are like a dog that's just seen been teased with a bone. Like, ooh, 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 ooh. 
And Jesse's like holding it above the head. It's like, not yet, not yet. He, he brings them over. Like, come on, follow the bag of gummy bears. He also says, while they're still on the stairs, just as he's bringing out the gummy bear, says, now if you're willing to go over there and make some new friends, I'll be willing to give you some gummy bears. My favorite gummy bears, of course, are horrible gummy bears. I, I mean, my coworker once said, like, oh, you like those? They're so, they're hard. I'm like, no, not really. I also loved sour gummy bears. They were so, so good. Well, the ones that Meyer made. I haven't had any since, but they're so yummy. Of course, before he leads them over, he hears a car door shut, sees Danny and Becky getting home from work. Like, great, great, great. I go, come on, boys, come on, follow me, follow the gummy bears. He's like, all right, kids, now let's jump on Uncle Jojo as he takes the sandwich bag of gummy bears and just upends them all over Joey. Oh, and the kids just immediately jump on Joey. Ugh. Those things are warm. They're wet looking. They've probably been there for a while. No, thank you. I don't want warm, soft, sweaty gummy bears. That's not my idea of a good time. Oh, look. Remember the big old panda bear from season one? It's still there. And added to the collection is a hush puppy dog. Remember the the hush puppy, the basset hound mascot for the hush puppy shoes? Yeah, he's right there. He's right there. Right by that organ. You never see anyone interact with him, but he's there. Yeah, Jesse says, it's time to play WrestleMania. Everyone, jump on Uncle Jojo. Ah, you know what this reminds me of? Remember the... Greatest birthday show on earth where Danny and Joey are clowns and Janny, Janny, <laughs> Joey is Jojo the clown and Danny is Cleano. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like three kids like jumping at like covering Joey looking for gummy bears. So yeah, I just know I had to rewind this a couple times, but. Justin Cooper, you know he's got a backwards teal hat on his head that says High School 59? Well, in this shot, as he's bending over like the other kids are, trying to grab gummy bears off of Joey's shirt and pants, he's leaning over and in one shot for a split second, his hat is gone and then a split second later it's put back on. Danny and Becky come in. And Jesse's like, welcome to Uncle Jesse's house of friendly fun. First, Danny's into it. He's like, hey, they're playing Jump on Joey. I haven't done that since college. Cowabunga! As he jumps in. Like, you're going to crush those little kids, Danny. You are too big to be playing Jump on Joey. <laughs> Becky's standing there rolling her eyes like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I work with this guy every day. <laughs> Becky's outfit is like a bustier just under her chest with... Like, shoestring, string laces, things laced up. Like, it's really... It, and she's wearing a white long-sleeved top. What is this? What? What is this? You... She's a TV show host. That doesn't look like something a TV host would wear. It's a... That leather 
laced up bustier, even though she's wearing a long sleeve white shirt underneath. It's just, it's too risque. It's too putting too much notice on her chestal area. And it's like, no, 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 no. You are a talk show host. You're a public figure. You're on daytime TV. You don't come to work wearing that. Unless that was, like, here's your wardrobe, uh, Becky. This is what we chose for you. Is this okay? Oh, shoot. We got to go on the air in, like, five minutes. Just change into this. This is, this is all we got. The other stuff still hasn't even been washed yet from last week. Because somebody didn't go to the dry cleaners. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's not a bustier. I'm sorry. When I think bustier, I think of the movie Selena. No, it's a, it's a corset. A black leather Maybe it's leather, I can't tell. Like a lace-up corset that goes just under the chestal area. Becky's like, hey, hon, how's the uh, playgroup going? He's like, oh, Beck, it's great. I got him eating right out of my hands. He's holding that. There's actually still some gummy bears. He must have had a big sandwich bag filled with gummy bears. And when she looks at his hand, because it's like right on her shoulder holding that bag, she's like, and he goes to try to hide it. Like, yeah, right. He sees him hide that candy back in his vest. Apparently it's not only just got pockets on the outside, but it's got pockets on the inside as well. And he says, you know, Nikki and Alex, they're making so many new friends. I think we got to go out there and get them their own Fisher-Price Rolodex. And as soon as he say it says that the camera focuses on Nikki and Alex running away from the playgroup and going back over to that wooden bench crate thing with their fake Barney stuffed animals. And Becky, you don't see her say this, but she's like, really? Then how come Nikki and Alex are over there by themselves? So, Jesse and Becky go over to the boys, and Becky's like, look, Jess, we have a problem. And it's not going to get any better until... Well, she says, won't you... She asks, won't you at least think about going to this Parents of Twins support group? And he's like, thinking, 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 no. And she's like, oh, well, I hope you didn't hurt anything. Oh, she says, I hope you didn't sprain anything. And Jesse's like, look, we don't need any support groups. He says, our kids are fine. And he chalks us up to, oh, they're just a little tired from glad-handing all day with their new friends. And he's like, alright, you boys ready to go back and see your pals? Like, come on, Alex, you ready to go see your friends? Want to go see your friends? And he's like, no. Nikki, what about you? No. And Becky's like, any more bright ideas? Oh, Nikki's, I don't want to. And cue the music as Jesse looks at Rebecca and is like, well, she told you, did she not? And both the boys turn to each other and hug each other like, brother, brother. Almost like they're saying, my brother is the only friend I'll ever need. Becky, when Jesse looks at Becky, almost like this shot, this realization, like it's finally dawning on him, like, yeah, we need to figure this out. It's almost like Becky's raised eyebrow is saying, didn't I tell you, are you going to listen to me now that we need to seek a solution? Yeah, Jesse finally admits, Beck, we have a problem. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Oh, she doesn't say anything. She's like, uh-huh. Basically thinking that. 
Jesse! <laughs> he just... Why isn't him seeing the kids clinging to each other? It's like, oh, maybe because he's seeing it, you know, they're doing this in front of, and he can't disprove, like, oh, no, it's not... Oh, no, they'll, they got plenty of friends. Bring them, no, no, no. Plain, prime example. They don't want anyone but each other. Ashes full of posies. Ashes, ashes. We all fall down. Oh, slinky in the butt. That's a big alley. There we go. How much fun they're having over there, guys. Don't you want to go over and play? No. no. Oh, come on, guys. You, you don't want your old man looking like a bonehead, do you? Hi, bonehead. Hi, bonehead. <laughs> All right. Time for a little motivation here. I didn't want to resort to this, but if you will go over there and make some new friends, I'm willing to give you some gummy bears. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Now, you guys go over there and make some new friends. Come on. Hold on. Hold on. It's mom. It's mom. Come on. Here we go. Come on, guys. Here we go. All the gummy bears. That's it. Okay, it's time to play WrestleMania, everybody. Jump on Uncle Jojo. Oh, that's it, boys. Socialize. Socialize. Hey, hey, welcome to Uncle Jesse's house. Oh, friendly fun. Look at that. They're playing Jump on Joey. Haven't played that since college. Cowabunga! So, honey, how's the playgroup going? Ah, oh, it's going great. I got them eating out of my hands. Apparently. Uh, you know what? Nikki and Alex are making so many new friends, I think we're going to have to rush right out and get them a, a, a Fisher-Price Rolodex. Really? Mm hmm Then how come Nikki and Alex are over there by themselves? Hmm? Look. Jess, we have a problem. Won't you at least think about going to this parent of twin support group? All right. Thinking, thinking, thinking. No. <laughs> I hope you didn't sprain anything. We don't need any support groups. Our kids are fine. You know what? They're just a little tired from glad-handing all day with their new friends. That's all. All right, guys, you ready to go back and see your pals? Huh? Come on, Alex. You want to go see your friends? No. Uh, what about you, Nikki? You want to go see your friends? I don't want to. Beck, we have a problem. Yeah. She's told you that many times. So, we're at, I'm guessing, Fraser Street Elementary School because it's also the same school setting of Jesse's night school, whether I think he's already finished with that or whether it's coming up, the subterranean graduation blues. But he's standing there so nervous, biting his, his fingernails like, um, hi, my name is Jesse and, uh, I'm, I'm a parent of twins. And he's, everyone's like, hi, Jesse, all collectively as one pod of people. He sits down quickly like, ah! These people like freak him out. We also have Seth who is, he's dressed all in white. He's got a little, uh, a little fro going on here. 
He's got a, like a piece neck. He looks like somebody who would run one of those. I would even say it looks like somebody who would probably run one of those cults. One of the, the born again leaders that's all draped in white. So we have one, two, three. Wait, is that a, maybe four other couples? I see another, wait, no, wait, well, that couple's together, and then you see another pair of legs, a pair of lady legs, but the only ones I think that get speaking roles are gonna be the older man and his curly-haired wife, you know, the Phil and Phyllis, with the two twins named Phil and Phil, but spelled differently, those two, who look kind of old to be having 15-year-old twins. Becky looks at him like, that's all you have to say? And Jesse, like, shout whispers, Hi, my name is Jesse, and I'm a parent of twins. It's a major breakthrough for me. And Becky just looks at Jesse and says, You're not going to tell them about our problem, are you? And Jesse's like, It's none of their business. I'm like, Then why are you there? He is so resistant to help. So Seth gets up, goes behind Jesse, puts his hands kind of out like, I'm sensing a red aura here. Jesse jumps up like really creeped out. He's like, what, 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 what red aura, what red aura? And Seth says, well, everyone's aura here is green, which means open to change. Yours is red. I mean, stop, go, go no further. Seth says, your feelings, as he emphasizes with his hands, can't get through the intersection. And Jesse looks around at everybody and asks, what is this, traffic school? Becky gets up and is like, look, why don't I tell everyone about her? And Jesse's like, Becky, 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 please. Jesse, if you're not going to say anything, then at least let Becky... Because she at least is asking for the help. She's been wanting to since the beginning of the episode. And you've been 100% resist. You know what? He could have stayed home. And she could have went to the meeting by herself. I don't think it's necessarily you and your spouse have got. It's required you both have to be here. And Jesse starts picking on the other people. Like, look. Uh, he, he actually pulls her down into her seat. It's like, I'm sure there are people here with problems far more serious than ours. Like, take a look at this guy over here, and he's pointing at Phil, who his eyes are literally bugging out, like, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's your story, man? So he gets and the thing is I'm wondering is if the other people because Seth said their auras are green, so maybe they've already shared in an earlier session. And they're open to advice and support from, you know, and other, hearing other people's experiences. Jesse gets up and wanders over to Phil, puts a hand on the guy's shoulder and says, Now look at this guy here, everybody. Now here's a guy with problems. Jesse's like, spill it, man. Go through the intersection. Okay, so he starts off by saying, yesterday, our 15-year-old sons, twin sons, Phil and Phil, so... P-H-I-L for one fill, and then P-H-Y-L-L. I've never seen that spelling in my life. P-H-Y-L-L, isn't that short for Phil-S? You just add an I-S to the end? 
Oh, yeah, Becky's look of, oh, really, this guy couldn't come up with, because apparently he named one kid after himself and one after his wife. Whatever. And he's like, oh, spelled differently, of course. Like, uh-huh, that doesn't help your case or theirs. How would the kids in school, I mean, they're 15. How would they be able to differentiate the names? Call them P and F? Hey, Phil with a P and Phil with an F. You can call one Phil and one Phi. I don't know. P-H-Y. So the boys cut school. Went down to Fisherman's Wharf, put on lobster stu- suits, and started pinching the tourists. Well, they cut, they cut school to do this? They didn't wait till like after school? Like, oh, we're going to cut school. We're going to go to Fisherman's Wharf. We're going to hit up the seafood restaurant. And then we're going to take the employee. Oh, like one of those people that are outside wearing a crab costume spinning a, spinning a sign around. Like, hey, our lobsters are like 25% off today only. Or buy one lobster, get two free. Or something to that effect. Jesse, of course, cannot contain his lap. <laughs> Becky, look at this guy over here. Now this dude's got issues. He's got problems. And we thought our problem with our kids were bad. Oh yeah, he's laughing during the bank. Lobster suits. (laughs) This guy's got problems. But then he turns on the sympathy charm and takes and puts his hands on the guy's arm like, we're there for you, man. And the guy's like, thank you. (laughs) Jesse! Oh my goodness. So Seth, of course, comes in and takes over and asks, when did you notice, first notice there was something wrong? And Phil brings up the fact that, oh, when they were about three, they wouldn't play with other kids. They would always be off by themselves. And Phil even admits to bribing his kids with candy. And I love how Becky, like, slaps Jesse on the arm, like, see, I shouldn't have done that. And Phil is saying how, wow, I really wish we'd had a group back then when our boys were three. Maybe today they wouldn't be, my Phil's wouldn't be dressed up like crustaceans. But Jesse, of course, is grasping onto the information about the fact that the, the two Phil twins would not play with the other kids. They would only socialize with each other. He's like, hold on, back up a bit here. Now, you said when they were three, they would only play with each other? They wouldn't socialize with the other kids? Phil says, you know, they tried everything. They took him to all the playgroups. <laughs> Phil even kind of laughs at this and says, we even tried to bribe them with candy. Worst thing we could have ever done. And Phil even says, the more we push them, the more they clung to each other. And Jesse is like, well, this is terrible. You got to do something, Seth. Help them. Help me. Help us. And Seth's like, help us? And Jesse's like, all right, all right, green light, green light. And this is where he brings up the fact that their sons, Nikki and Becky and, you know, their twins, Nikki and Alex, will not socialize with each They will not be one without the other. They're always together. We had a play group. They would just go off by themselves. So, yeah, Jesse's like, help us, help him. And Seth is like, help him? Like, yeah. Just like, alright, green light, green light, green light, help me. Jesse, I love how he kind of thumbs back and feel like, it's too late for him, his kids are lobsters. 
I love how Jesse's like, no offense, man. And Phil's like just grasping Jesse's hand, like, none taken. <laughs> I love how Becky, you know, wants her voice to be heard because, you know, she's also the parent of the boys. She says, well, what Jesse means is, well, we're having the same problem with our twins. They're not, you know, lobsters yet. They're more like teeny tiny hermit crabs. But the point is, they just, they don't like socializing with anyone but each other. I like that Seth addresses that this is a very common problem for twins. So it's not like it's something really unheard of. Like, oh, well, I've never heard that before. But no, I bet anything, this probably is a common thing with twins. And Seth even says there's no pressure to socialize because there's always somebody to play with, to talk to. There's someone always around. And Seth even says it's good to give them individual attention. Interests. And he looks at Phil and Phyllis. Names. And Phyllis like, told you, Phil. And Phil's like, shut up, Phyllis. Just looked so... Well, not so old, but... They look like they're both like 55 years old and they got 15 year old twins. So maybe they had their kids late in life, I guess. I don't know, but it's just, mm. <laughs> Seth continues giving Jesse and Becky advice saying your twins don't have to do everything together. If one of them likes science and the other one likes music, take one to a museum and you know, one to see cats. That's the thing though. I mean, even though the boys are three years old, they could have been kind of each one taking a twin. And I'm not just saying Jesse takes Nikki out and Becky takes Alex out. Switch it up. One day you'll take Nikki out, Jesse, and then Becky will take out Alex. The next weekend, swap. Jesse, you take Alex so that way each twin is getting this, you know, a good amount of time with a different parent. And that way you're helping develop their interests outside of themselves and not just throwing your own interests onto, you know, your kid. Like, well, I like music and, and I like motorcycles. I want my, you know, Jesse's probably like, I want my boys to be into that too. And that's good if they are, but let them decide what, and I get it, their boys are three. They're still trying to figure out what their own interests are, even, you know, being that young. But it's like, let them decide if that's what they like. Don't force it on them because that's what you're interested in. You want to have something in common with your kid. They have something, an interest to them that is not really, you're just, it's never been your thing or whatever. But take an interest. Show them that you're like, okay, this normally isn't something I'd be into, but you're interested into it, and I want to, you know, be able to have a relationship with you, so yeah. And that's the thing, even in Fuller House, the boys were, you know, going to college together, going to the same college, dropping out of that same college, getting a fish taco truck. There is nothing that set each boy apart from the other one. I get it, when the show ended, we didn't get much... We didn't even really know what real interest Michelle had because she was like nine years old when the show ended. So there's a big block of time of development for Michelle. I mean, we saw like, you know, she was doing the go-kart derby in season eight. Um, she liked soccer at one point. 
But I guess in Fuller House, they kind of filled in some gaps saying, like, she's in New York. Or I thought they said at one point she was, like, studying abroad or something. Like, maybe over in, you know, Europe or where, somewhere. Maybe, maybe she had an interest in archaeology or when she did her demo of the, the solar system, maybe she has a interest in planets or, or dinosaurs, you know, when they went to that museum and stuff like that. We don't know. But let's just say, hypothetically, let's just say Full House went on for at least two more seasons. Let's say they went on to season 10, all the way to season 10. So we would probably be focusing, you know, DJ's doing her thing at college. We see her on the weekends or whenever she has to come in for an episode. And then Stephanie and Michelle, they would be kind of the main focus. Stephanie would be in high school. Michelle would be starting middle school at some point. And then the boys would be getting into elementary school. So you could be... Even a thing with um, sharing. The boys, you getting into a fight over, you know, having to share something. Or one of them's being bullied and the other brother steps in and, and protects his brother or something like that. I don't know. I just really, I, I really wish, I mean, I know that's asking a lot for Full House. Like, I want to see how these, you know, kids develop down the road, you know. We know that Stephanie had her music thing with girl talk and everything. And then she later on became a DJ and, you know, was traveling and stuff. So it's like, what? And I get it's the writers like we want to make Aunt Steph like the cool Uncle Jesse. So that's how she became, you know, in Fuller House and all that. But no, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious to see the path that Michelle and the boys would have led. After, you know, between... The end of season eight of Fuller House. <laughs> season eight of Fuller House. I wish season eight of Full House, and then season one of Fuller House, where that whole bridge, that whole gap of time of development. Jesse is finally getting it. He's like, "Oh, I see what you're saying now. So let them go out and do their own thing. So that way they'll they'll meet other kids that like to do what they they like to do." And Seth is like, well, very insightful, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse always does that. He always sticks his, his hands up like, thank you, thank you. Like he's on stage and just saying like, thank you. You've been a beautiful audience. Thank you. Like going full Elvis here. Jesse, of course, like, well, insight's always been, you know, a forte of mine. I, Becky's just standing next to him like, Hands folded in front of her, like, rolling her eyes. And Jessie's just like, yeah, 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 that's me, that's me, yep, yep. And Seth says, you know, we have a little tradition here when someone has a breakthrough. And Seth goes to get uh, this, it turns out to be a, a a green aura fedora. Because, you know, green breakthrough. And before he shows Jesse what it is, he's like, see, Beck, my first night and I'm already getting a reward or an award. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, you sure are. <laughs> green aura fedora. What is this thing made out of? It looks like it's made out of, like, cardboard construction paper and, like, Part of a silk, satiny 
green shimmery bed sheet with a white tassel on the top that looks like someone ripped it off of a bookmark and some green little lights running around the border of the top of it. It's cute. It really definitely does look like, because there's the seam. It looks like it was, someone found a, a, a satiny emerald colored you know, pillowcase and cut it up and put it against some rounded cord, cardboard and uh, props department did a good job. I'll give them props for that prop. I love how it lights up that it's so wild. Who wouldn't be wearing that at like Christmas or oh New Year's? That would be the hat to wear for New Year's. Becky just looks at him like, well, you wanted a reward. Here you go. <laughs> you wanted that recognition. Uh, hi, my name is Jesse, and I'm a parent of twins. Hi, hi Jesse. <laughs> That's all you have to say? Hi, my name is Jesse, and I'm a parent of twins. It's a major breakthrough for me. You're not going to tell them about our problem, are you? It's none of their business. I'm sensing a red aura here. What, 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 what aura? What red aura? Everyone else's aura here is green, which means open to change. But your energy is red. Stop. Go no further. Your feelings can't get through the intersection. What is this, traffic school? I tell everyone about Becky, our Becky, 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 see... Becky, 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 please. I'm sure there are people here with problems far more serious than ours. Uh, not that we have a problem per se. It's just... Well, look at this guy. Now, here's a guy with problems. Uh, uh, spill it, man. Uh, uh, go through the intersection. Let it out. Let it out. Thank you. <clears throat> Yesterday... Our 15-year-old twins, Phil and Phil, <laughs> spell differently. They cut school, went down to Fisherman's Wharf, put on lobster suits, and started pinching all the tourists. Lobster suits. And this guy's got problems. We're there for you, man. Thank you. When did you first notice something wrong? Uh, when they were about, uh, three, yes, uh, they wouldn't play with any of the other kids. They were always off by themselves. Boy, I wish we had had a group like this back then. Maybe today my fills wouldn't be dressed up like crustaceans. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Now, back up a little bit. Now, you said when they were three, they, they wouldn't play with anyone else? That's right. We tried everything. We, we took them to all the play groups, uh, <laughs> We even tried to bribe them with candy. Worst thing we could have done. <laughs> the more we pushed them, the more they clung to each other. Oh, this is, this is terrible. You, you gotta do something, Seth. Uh, say something, help us, help him. Help him? <sighs> All right, green light, green light, green light, help me. It's too late for him, his kids are lobsters. <laughs> no offense, man. None take it. Okay. You see, what Jesse means is, is, well, we're having the same problem with our twins. Well, I mean, they're not lobsters yet. They're more like little hermit crabs. <laughs> but the point is, they don't like socializing with anyone but each other. This is a very common problem for twins. 
On the one hand, they always have someone to play with, so there's no pressure to socialize. But on the other hand, it's good to give them individual <coughs> attention, interests, names. Told you, Phil. Shut up, Phyllis. Your twins don't have to do everything together. If one of them likes science and one of them likes music, take one to the museum and one to see cats. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, so let them go out and do their own thing, and that way, you know, then maybe they'll meet other kids that like to do what they like to do. Very insightful, Jesse. Yes, very good, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, insight's always been a. Uh, Forte of mine. <laughs> we have a little tradition here when someone has a breakthrough. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Check this out. My first night, I'm already getting an award. <laughs> Jess, yes. Miss you get to wear the green aura fedora. Oh, how about it's been sanitized since the last person wore it? That's gross. So, let's go back to plot B here and finish this up. We're in Stephanie Michelle's room. DJ, excuse me, no. Stephanie has got a burgundy blouse as she's using scissors to clip the new tag off of it. DJ comes in and is like, Steph, that's my new blouse. And Steph says, I know, don't you think the color brings out my eyes? And DJ is seeing red. Well, not just because it's you know, her blouse that Steph's wearing, but she's like, oh, I'll bring out your eyes. And Stephanie threatens with, and I'll bring out up Dad's ticket, which will bring out the vein in his forehead. Oh, she says, I'll bring out your ticket, which will bring out that vein in Dad's head when he starts screaming. So apparently Danny's letting Steph wear makeup at age 12. Because she's wearing lipstick. She's got a black scrunchie in her hair that matches the black shirt underneath. And she's got kind of a reddish burgundy. It basically matches that red blouse. That burgundy blouse. But I'm like, DJ was what? Like 13 when she started wearing, you know, makeup and stuff. And it is season 7. But still, mm. And what is Michelle wearing? Her sweater? DJ's sweater? Well, this family likes a lot of likes to wear plaid. Big time. Which, I love plaid too, so. This sweater, this green sweater is literally swallowing this Olsen twin. Oh my gosh! Oh wait, no, that was a different one. Michelle comes in and DJ asks, Michelle, why are you wearing my sweater? And Michelle, as she's like, <laughs> because that sweater is swallowing her hands and her arms as she's twirling the excess sleeve in a circle. Like, because I can. DJ's had enough. She's like, that's it. You guys are taking this way too far. And Michelle is like, fine, why don't you tell dad? Just as Danny is coming in with the laundry. And he's like, tell dad what? And DJ's like, oh, just tell dad how... Nice Steph and Michelle look at my clothes. And yeah, Danny, as he's bringing in the laundry and puts it on Steph's bed, it's like, oh, yeah, they do look nice. And Stephanie just keeps going. Like, 
going to town with this. Like, oh, you know what would look great with this new blouse? A new pair of socks. And she says, a new pair of socks would be just the ticket. Uh. And DJ's pretty much, she doesn't know what to do. So fine, I want you guys to get everything you deserve. And Danny is like looking at the girls like, oh, this is wonderful to see my daughters get along, getting along with each other like this. Nice to know that my dad talks had this had dad talk had this effect on you. He leaves, comes back and says, Wait, my dad talks never have this kind of effect on you. What's going on in here? And none of the girls will say anything. And Danny's like, hmm. And he looks at Steph and Michelle. Steph and Michelle have been acting kind of greedy lately. And he goes over to DJ. Because he starts going over to each of them, like, practically right in their face. Like, trying to get them to crack and tell them what's going on. He goes over to DJ and says, And, uh, DJ's been acting uh, extra generous lately. Why? Oh, before that, of course, he mentions about how they're showing each other love and respect. No, they're not. What is that? That has got to be, like, an earring holder thing. For Stephanie. It is a weird looking thing. Oh yeah, he's, yeah it's, he says, It's nice to know that my dad talked this morning had that much of impact on you. And then he comes in and says, Wait, my dad talks never have this much impact on you. What's going on? They all say, Nothing. Yeah, right. And Danny's like, Hmm, nothing, huh? You know, when sisters say there's nothing going on, that usually means they're hiding something. So, now he goes to DJ first and he says, Now DJ's been acting extra generous lately. And he puts his head right next to her head, kind of like trying to look her in the eye. Like, why is that? Why are you acting so generous? And Stephanie and Michelle, as he starts walking over to them, it's like, have been acting extra greedy lately. Why? Because he's like right in Steph's face. And Danny bends down to look at Michelle as he says, you know, it can only mean one thing. And Michelle cracks, but not on DJ's ticket. And she says, I did it! I used your toothbrush to brush Comet's teeth! And Danny's like, ew. Okay, it can only mean two things, but we're gonna talk about that one later. Oh, gross! And then she probably put it back in the- Ugh! Ugh! You know where that dog's mouth has been? And nowhere good. Throws up her hand. It's like, Dad, call the investigation. I got a ticket. And he stands up and looks at her. He doesn't scream at her, but she, like, kind of cuts him off before he can say anything. He's like, now, it wasn't a speeding ticket or anything. Kimmy was airing out her socks. And her feet out the window were was obstructing my view. And Danny's like, you know, I... I smelled something weird, but I just thought I hit, like, a, a muskrat or a possum or something. But he goes over to DJ and says, ask Deej, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I'm sorry, Dad. She admits, you know, she was afraid that, you know, Danny would get mad at her and never let her use the car again. Because she doesn't have her own car. Danny then turns to Steph and Michelle and says, oh, I don't suppose somebody found out about all this and used this evidence Use this information to enhance her own wardrobe. 
Michelle gets up and goes over to Stephanie and says, that's you, right, Steph? And Steph looks at her and says, that's both of us. Yeah, nice try, Michelle, but you're not getting out of this one. Well, Stephanie at least sounds like she's sorry. Because she's like, sorry, Deej. And Michelle's like, me too. So, Danny turns to Deej and says, I'll tell you how we're going to deal with this. Okay, so this... I thought this was going to be in the Sisters in Crime. No, this is this episode. He says, for the next two weekends, all right, DG, the only time you can use my car is to take Michelle and Steph around. And DJ, Dad, that's unfair. That's totally unfair. And Stephanie's like, I think it's totally fair. And Danny's like, oh, oh, you're going to love this then. For the next two weekends, you and Michelle are grounded. Fair, 100%. Not only would I ground them if I were Danny, I'd be like, you girls are going to be doing extra chores as well. And DG, I think, should have to uh, give up her allowance to help pay for that ticket. I think Steph and Michelle should as well, also, because even though they didn't cause the ticket, although Kimmy kind of did... But I think because them blackmailing DJ that they should be like, well, your allowance is going to be suspended for a few weeks until this ticket gets paid off. Aside from you also being grounded. Because I think they're getting off. The girls, Steph and Michelle are getting off very, very lightly. Where they're just grounded. They're just grounded. What? They're not going to do chores to, extra chores to pay off some of that ticket even though they didn't get it. And it's not like Danny can go over to Kimmy's house and demand that Kimmy or Kimmy's parents pay for that parking ticket. Or speeding ticket, excuse me. The fact that Stephanie and Michelle, after Danny tells them that they're grounded, their jaws are like on the floor. Like, what? You really thought you weren't going to get punished for blackmailing your sister? Are you serious right now? I get Michelle seven, but it's like, sweetie, these consequences that you these actions, they're going to have consequences. Oh, <laughs> Michelle adds, but then DJ can't take us anyplace. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> oh, Danny says, no, see, that's the fair part. Steph, that's my new blouse. I know, don't you think the color brings out my eyes? <laughs> oh, I'll bring out your eyes. And I'll what was she going to do? Ripper. Which will bring out that vein in Dad's head when he starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Michelle, why are you wearing my sweater? Because I can. Why is that thing not falling off of That's her? it. You guys are taking this way too far. They really why are. don't you tell Dad? Tell Dad what? Tell Dad how great the girls look at my clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what would look great with this blouse? A new pair of socks. New socks? I think new socks will be just the ticket. <laughs> Fine. I want you guys to get everything you deserve. This is just wonderful to see my daughters getting along with each other like this. Showing each other love and respect. Wow, it's nice to see that my dad talked the other morning had this much impact on you. <laughs> my dad talks never have this much impact on you. What's going on in here? Nothing. Nothing. You know, when, when sisters say there's nothing going on, it usually means that they're hiding something. Now, DJ has been acting extra generous lately. What? 
And Stephanie and Michelle, they've been acting extra greedy lately. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, it can only mean one thing. I did it. I used your toothbrush to brush Comet's teeth. <laughs> okay, it can only mean two things. But we're going to talk about that one later. Dad, call off the investigation. I got a ticket. Now, it wasn't a speeding ticket or anything. Kimmy was airing out her socks and her feet obstructed my vision. You know, I thought the car smelled funny. I thought she just hit a muskrat or something. DJ, why didn't you tell me? I'm sorry, Dad. I, I was afraid that you would get mad at me and never let me use your car again. I don't suppose somebody found out about all this and uh, used this information to enhance their own wardrobe? That's you, right, stuff? That's both of us. I'm sorry, Deej. Me too. Okay, I'll tell you how we're going to deal with this. For the next two weekends, all right, DJ, the only time you can use my car is to take Michelle and Stephanie anywhere they want to go. Extremely fair. Well, you're going to just love this part then. For the next two weekends, Steph, you and Michelle are grounded. Grounded? But then DJ can't take us anyplace. You see, that's the fair part. All right, let's go up to the attic as we got Alex and... Becky playing with zoo animals. Oh, let's see. Nikki. Uh, Nikki. Alex is playing with a elephant. Becky's holding a gorilla. There's also a giraffe on the ground and a tiger. So yeah, Becky took Alex to the zoo and oh, oh, oh! This is okay. No, that's Nikki. That's not Alex. Oh, that's so sweet. I see, I like that they are doing things with the other twin instead of just spending time with the twin that they named. But Jesse comes in with Alex, who's wearing a toddler-sized letterman's jacket and a sideways baseball cap, and he's got like a little Nerf-type baseball bat or a little foam baseball bat and Becky's like you know yeah Nikki really liked the zoo and he even made a new friend named Stuart and Becky says Nikki tell your daddy what Stuart said <laughs> and Nikki says camel spit <laughs> and Jesse says, I don't want him hanging around Stuart anymore. <laughs> oh, camels stink. I thought he said that camels spit. See, it's been a while since I've seen this episode. Becky asked how the park was. And Jesse's like, oh, it was a blast. He had a lot of fun playing with other little baby Ruths. And Jesse's like, tell mommy what you hit. And he says, dad's head. Jesse puts a hand to his head. He's like, yeah, felt like a home run, too. So... Jesse said, all right, you guys had fun today. You did your separate things. You made some new friends. So go off and hang out with each other. That little toddler letterman's jacket is literally swallowing Alex whole. Like, it's so big and bulky on him. He looks like the inflatable Hulk. 
Alice is like, let's go, brother. And they both toddle off together. Aww. So Becky and Jesse stand up as Becky says, you know, Jess, you gotta admit that support group had some pretty good ideas. And Becky puts her arms around Jesse and is like, oh, except for the hat. And Jesse says, well, I will say this one thing. They do validate you. Oh, you mean the parking? And Becky is impressed, like, ooh, validate, Jess, you're really getting into the psychology lingo. Okay, so him using validate has nothing to do with parking. Okay, gotcha. I didn't think it did, but I wasn't sure. He meant the parking! (laughs) I was right then! (laughs) He tells her, you're right, it was good that we went to the group. He adds, you know, the truth is that I think that they really helped. They did! They gave you some good tips on, you know... Those situations that come with your twins trying to make friends on their own and not spending all their time together. And Becky asks him, like, honey, just clear something up for me. If you knew that we had a problem, why wouldn't you just admit it? Yeah, she asks him, why did you have such a hard time admitting it? And Jesse, you know, stands up and kind of walks over to the couch. He's like, oh, maybe I was afraid of what I might find out. That's all. And she's kind of looking at him confused, like, like, what? And he's like, oh, like, I'm doing something wrong. He has like, like this whole thing is my fault. How is it your fault? But then again, maybe that is a concern that parents have. Like when something happens with their kid, like maybe I should have been doing this or I didn't do this enough. Or if only this had happened, then maybe, you know, he's just, he's so worried that the choices he makes is messing up his kids' lives. And Jesse just finally admits like, well, I guess I just didn't want to face it. And... Becky says, sweetie, everybody makes mistakes and no parent is perfect. And she explains to him, you know, if you deny that you have a problem and you don't ask for help, the next thing you know, your kids are dressing up in lobster suits. And Jesse points out that he learned something very valuable. From now on, if I need help, I'm not going to be afraid to ask it. Yeah, right. Nah, I don't think so. This isn't easily solved from you asking you know, not wanting help, and then, like, no, we know there are other times when you're not going to ask for help when you know you need it. It doesn't matter. With Jesse, it just comes down to his pride. And then Becky, I love, oh, I love her outfit. Oh, so beautiful. And, and maybe because it's, it's red. I like her jeans. are really awesome, too. Uh, <laughs> she's like, you know, you're kind of sexy when you're vulnerable. he's like help my lips and she leans in and kisses him I love Jesse and Becky it's a couple they're just oh they're so amazing of course we end the episode as he breaks away from the kiss and says as to which I must say have mercy (laughs) what does the elephant say he's chasing him he's chasing him hey guys how was the zoo oh it was great Nikki really loves animals and you know what he made a new friend named Stuart oh yeah yeah Nick Tell Daddy what Stuart said. Camel stink. <laughs> I don't want him hanging around Stuart anymore. <laughs> How was the park? Oh, it was a blast. He played with a bunch of other little baby Ruths. Tell mommy, tell mommy what you hit. Dad's head. Yeah. Felt like a home run, too. All right, you guys had fun today. You did your separate things. You made some new friends. Now go ahead and go get reacquainted. Let's go, brother. Okay. <laughs> well, honey, you gotta admit, that support group had some pretty good ideas. 
Well, except for the hat. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this one thing. They do validate you. Ooh, validate? Jess, you're really getting into the psychology lingo. I meant the parking. <laughs> you're right, Beck. It was good. It was good we went to the group. And the truth is that um, I think they really helped us. Honey, just clear something up for me. If you knew that we had a problem, why did you have such a hard time admitting it? I don't know, Beck. Maybe I was... Maybe I was afraid of what I might find out. That's all. Like what? Nah, like I'm doing something wrong. Like this whole thing is my fault. Like I'm messing up my kid's life. I just... Well, I guess I just didn't want to face it. Oh, sweetie. Everybody makes mistakes. I mean, no parent is perfect. But if you deny that you have a problem and you don't ask for help, well, the next thing you know, your kids are dressing up in lobster suits. Well, let me tell you something. I learned something very valuable. From now on, if I need help, I'm not going to be afraid to ask for it. You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of sexy when you're vulnerable. Help. My lips. Help. Help. Yeah, right here. Aww. As to which I must say, have mercy. <laughs> All right, well, that is the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a fun time. I, I learned some things, too. So, for the best outfit i want to give it to the twins nikki and alex with their adorable plaid and matching plaid shirt overalls thought those are adorable worst of course like i said that cowhide looking pale tannish with a weird something or other image on the back of it jesse's leather uh, fast. Just blah, blah, blah. Um, I say runner up best, of course. I really liked Alex's little, um, Letterman jacket type thing. It was so adorable. So cute. I love the brown leather sleeves. It was so cute. Um, worse runner up, Stephanie's choker. Blah. No, thank you. Blah. Teachable Tanner moment, uh, a couple of them in regards to DJ, Steph, and Michelle. If you know somebody, if you know someone has an issue where they have to tell someone something, like in the case of, you know, DJ with the ticket for driving Danny's car, don't hold that information against them and blackmail them for what you want. That is 100% wrong. I know it's a TV show, and I know they're just kids and stuff, but still, don't do not do that. That's just, that makes you seem like a lesser person. And even the fact that Michelle was pulling that garbage. Like, no, no, no. Um, regard to Jesse and Becky, don't be afraid to ask for help. You're not going to seem like, no one's going to think less of you. Because you're asking for help. No one's going to assume that you're weak. Just sometimes it is hard to ask for help. And asking for outside sources. That's why, I mean, you know, joining one of those Facebook groups. That way it's just like you post a question. You know, people will 
That's the thing, though. Sometimes you post a question, you're not just going to get answers. You're going to get people judging you. Like, oh, I can't believe you have a problem with that. So it didn't take me long to blah, blah, blah. Like, don't, don't. Yeah, if you're gonna, the one giving the advice, don't judge. They're, just answer the question if you can. If you got a helpful example or anecdote, share it. But don't judge. I definitely got. I got to give props to Danny for that was a that was an interesting uh, punishment with DJ. You know, saying the only time you can use my car for the next two weeks is to drive Steph and Michelle around, and then to Michelle and Steph, the next two weeks you're grounded. So, I honestly think, I think, honestly, that Steph and Michelle got off light. I I I think that they should have had to help pay for that ticket because they blackmailed blackmail DJ like that. That is just, that's so cold and that's so wrong. So, <clears throat> as I said, January and taking a break. February and coming back with the series Tanner Girls in Love. And in January, I will be covering Middle Age Crazy from season three with Stephanie for Jody Sweden's 39th birthday. So, all right, everyone have a wonderful holiday this week. Bye-bye.